0: Anyone who has ever tried to raise money for a charitable cause or secure corporate sponsorships knows that it's a lot easier said than done. Most fundraisers aren't aware of the volume of requests for funding even smaller companies get, never mind larger corporations. To successfully raise money, you need to know how to stand out from a vast field of competitors. This comes down to pitching the right companies with the right pitch. The question most fundraisers have is, how exactly do I do that? Meet Laurie Zoss Kraska, a master revenue generation expert with over 22 years of success in landing corporate sponsorship support, fundraising, and marketing strategy. She's the founder and CEO of Growth Owl, which empowers nonprofit startups and associations with the tools they need to achieve their funding goals. Today, Laurie will be talking about how to effectively communicate with corporate decision makers and persuade them to fund your nonprofit how to craft impactful messages that resonate with corporate partners, and unique approaches for generating corporate sponsorship funding to build a winning sponsorship strategy. Implementing great strategies relies on having great people on your team, yet finding those people is not always easy. At best, it can take days of tedious research and then time spent doing those initial interviews. That's why leading companies turn to Asianet Consultants to help them identify and recruit the right talent for the right job. Asianet has decades of experience and a vast network that enables them to fulfill even those difficult to fulfill positions. You can learn more about them at AsianetConsultants.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes for this episode. Meanwhile, let's sit down with Lori and find out how we can win that much needed corporate sponsorship. It's become so important for people to be able to show that they're a caring company, but a lot of companies don't really know how to go about it. And a lot of people who are trying to raise funds don't know how you might approach companies. So I'm so happy that you're able to join us here on A Seat at the Table, Laurie.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad to provide any insight that I can.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Now, when you talk about optimizing corporate philanthropy to enhance CSR. How do you see that happening?
1: So I primarily work with nonprofits, associations, other purpose-driven organizations who are looking to, for lack of a better term, increase their bottom line in terms of fundraising or sponsorship. So a great way to do that is to take a look at what corporate support options may be available to you. And it doesn't matter if you're a smaller organization with one or two people, or if you're a larger multi-million dollar purpose-driven organization, it is essential that you somehow incorporate a corporate support sponsorship fundraising strategy into your mix. And honestly, the, the first way to do that is just, first of all, to make the commitment And then second, really to research those companies that have a really good niche in in what you do. I mean, that's what's great about the Internet. Things like LinkedIn and Google, we can find out what corporations are interested in. Most Fortune 1000 corporations that I work with have some sort of CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility Strategy, And they're looking for partners to work with. And from a corporate philanthropic standpoint, they're looking for nonprofits to help fund. So some of it in the beginning is just having the dedication to actually commit to working with corporations to enhance your revenue.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you point that out, that as a nonprofit, you have to take that initiative And try and do some homework on your own to see what corporations could potentially be a good match for you.
1: Correct. Yeah, that, that initial work in the upfront is essential. And you'd be surprised the number of other organizations that aren't doing that. They're just going in cold and trying to contact people. And a great way to separate yourself from the pack is to go in with a connection hey, we're doing this is our mission, vision, and values. Here's our program. We saw that you're supporting something similar. Would love to talk to you more about that. Just you acknowledging that you did a little research up front, that they're supporting something that's similar, or you happen to know the tenants of how they give money to nonprofits, again, really sets you apart doing that extra legwork.
0: I think that's an important point because I can see that in the things that I work on, and I don't work on raising money for nonprofits, but in yeah. other areas... How few people really take the time to do homework, to be prepared, mm. to have something to present to the person that you're asking something from that positions you as something that, someone or some organization you'd want to work with.
1: Yeah, you know, we live in a society now of, of social media bites that like to tell you there's hacks, there's all these different quick ways you can achieve to su- success. Not with corporate support. They want to see that you've done the work and that you really got to know them before you even acknowledge to make a phone call or send an email. So got to put the work in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad you pointed that out. And I think you've really framed that well by saying that so many people are being sold sort of a bill of goods that there's yes. hacks and shortcuts and yeah. oh, just you know spam people on LinkedIn or email without yeah. really understanding that, like you're saying, you have to do your groundwork and get yourself prepared before you, you go forward with this.
1: That's right, absolutely.
0: Now you talk about the boardroom playbook and mm-hmm. you say that it's a not so ordinary guide, right? To corporate fundraising. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So I had a lot of people ask me, "What would you call your process?" Because you have a process that you you work with these purpose driven organizations with training and and guidance. What would you call it? And I thought to myself, "Gee, I've never really named it anything." And I started to label it what I called Mimi Mo, and okay. that's the whole basis of the book. So Mimi Mo stands for your mental, your message, and your motion. The motion being what are the activities you're doing. And it all starts with that mental, that mindset. You have to go in with a very positive mindset. You have to go into corporate support knowing it's a long game. It is a marathon, not a sprint. So very rarely does your first phone call or email turn into a fifty thousand dollar give or sponsorship. Right. It happens once in a while, but let's just be honest, it is it's a long game. So getting yourself mentally prepared for that and getting yourself mentally prepared that not everyone that you reach out to is gonna be really excited about what you have to say. Not everyone's gonna like you. And and that's something as human being human beings, we're just like, oh <laughs> but you know, just getting building that stamina is is really important in that in that mental stage, and it all starts from there. So the rest of the book really gives really good practical tips, guidance, some case studies from clients I've worked with as to how do you go through this process of working with corporations and and really come out a winner in in several ways, not just getting funding, but really building that stamina that I mentioned before that's really going to set you apart. So what might some
0: examples of that be without giving away the whole book?
1: (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I talked a little about that mental part you know, really having a positive mindset. I I talk about something that I call periwinkle zombies. And those, those are the things in your mind that tend to hijack your success. So if you're a smaller nonprofit and you might have a, an opportunity to go to a large company, sometimes your mind will just start to hijack that success. Oh, they're not going to want to talk to me. Why this meeting is just a waste of time. Those are periwinkle zombies. And They're periwinkle because at first they look like they're kind of safeguarding you, staying safe and zombies because they truly hijack your process. So I talk a lot about how you work with your periwinkle zombies to get past that. Um, And then once we move from the mental, we go to the message. My my biggest push in that message portion is brevity is your friend when you and it is essential when you are reaching out to corporations, most uh, I will say not just nonprofit organizations, but a lot of organizations who reach out, they say way too much up front, especially in an email. You're saying way too much. So I talk about really crafting a message that's no more than 150 words. Who are you? How does your organization connect to what that, that company is already doing or their mission, vision, and values? And what do you want next? Do you want, to, you want a meeting? Do you want a phone call? Do you want to send information? That will be so receptive and refreshing. You know, I did some research for a, an article I wrote recently. The average decision maker at a corporation that oversees funding or sponsorship dollars is receiving at least 150 emails a day. Oh, and you're all kidding. Of them, wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So how do you break through that clutter? So I talk a lot of the book on how you do that. And that's just one area, you know, brevity is your friend. You have to really embrace brevity, which can be really hard for a lot of people to do because the mentality is you've got one chance to say it right. all, but that's the wrong mentality. The mentality is this is step one in your journey. So if you change your mindset, things tend to fall into place. And then finally, in that motion, just kind of, you know, doing the right things, right? Right. Uh, and everything from getting you ready to write that proposal. I talk about staying away from pumpkin spice proposals in that motion part. And what I mean by that is, oh, trust me, I love pumpkin spice latte. I'm not putting it down (laughs) in any way. But sometimes you just need the coffee. And a lot of times I talk to decision makers, tell me what you see in proposals. And they'll say, Lori, there's just way too much fluff. Right. I mean, I don't need to see all these pictures. You don't need to tell me what my company does. That's another one. People will cut and paste the about us in the company they're pitching. Right. They don't need to do that. Right. So there's a lot of unnecessary fluff that pumpkin spice you don't need. You just need the coffee. So those are just a, a couple of the tips uh, that we highlight in the book that are memorable.
0: I think those are excellent. I mean, it's I would read that book even though I don't raise money for yeah, nonprofits or yeah. for any any other kind of organization, but you've got me hooked because I just think there's so much to unpack around communication in general that uh. people don't realize. So I think this is really excellent. And you're right, you know, you do see these things where people cut and paste things about a company, or where people haven't done any research about the company, and so therefore they're pitching something out of left field. And you're thinking, well, this has nothing to do with what we do at all. So I like the fact that, you know, you touched upon earlier the importance of doing homework. So now you you mentioned unique approaches for generating corporate sponsorship funding. Yeah. And I, I think that's interesting also, because at a, at a certain point, people have hopefully read your book. So they've gotten the beginning parts right. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, we've narrowed the playing field, but we still got a lot mm-hmm. of guys who have, have, you know, some, a player in the game. How do we take a, you know move ahead of those people?
1: Yeah. So, you know what, first I like to start with to, the key to success is really make this scalable and achievable small goals in the beginning. So I think the worst thing you could do is say, all right, I'm so psyched. I've read this book. I'm really motivated. It's like after you go to a conference, you're going to do all these things, right? (laughs) Right. So then you make a list of like 50 organizations you want to target. Okay, you've already right there. That's just way too many. So what I try to tell people in the beginning is just pick one or two in a week of corporations that you want to research to see if they might be a good fit for you. And if they are, then you know, we create a process of of making contact. And, and before you make contact, it's essential go to their LinkedIn page, see what see what they're talking about, see if there's a way that you can connect with something very specific that they've talked about on LinkedIn. That's always helpful. But really, it's really important the way you start really impacts that this is going to be successful. And it's great to start small because let's be honest, most of us are taking on a corporate support strategy in addition to other things. So when you put that big list of 50 together, it tends to go to the wayside when you've got all these other things coming to you on your desk, right? So, but making it achievable with just one or two a week and taking a look at, obviously not just their website, but look at their DEI reports, diversity, equity and inclusion, what are they doing there? Accessibility reports are becoming a big thing. You know, how are we more accessible to all different types of people? And, and there's definitely sponsorship interest in that. ESG, environmental, social, and governance reports. And what's great about those reports as well, Jane, is that a lot of times they have the decision makers in there as well as their contact information. Wow. It's because these are people that, and, and I've worked with corporate marketing in general, corporate philanthropy for years. But, but a lot of times it does take, a, it's a lot longer to get access to them. What I find is people specifically in these areas like DEI or accessibility, even public affairs that has a budget, they're very accessible and, you know, they've been charged to want to talk to you. So yeah. so you might get a response a lot a lot quicker. So those are just a, a couple of tips on the front end to help you out.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. And, and they're valuable tips. They're actionable tips. They're tips that yeah. really anybody can execute on. Yes. Um, it's just a matter of someone taking the time, like you say, and being willing to sit down and, and do the homework and to actually have the timeline to to work it through. I think so many people want fast results, I mean, oh, yeah. I, I do, too, if I can get
1: them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm I'm very honest with with clients that I work with that, as I said earlier, this is a long game. Have right. I do I have examples where things popped up quickly? Yes. But I never provide that as an expectation. You know, right. you, you have to really build the stamina for this. But I'll tell you, once you get into it, oh, it's it does reap a lot of rewards.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you talk about the art of persuasion and how to effectively yeah, communicate yeah. with corporate decision makers. So once you've, you've gotten past that initial contact stage and somebody gets back to you and says, okay, I think what you're doing could be of interest to us. How do you get to the next stage where now now you're down to trying to actually get a commitment, so to speak, more than just a, a response or or a call?
1: So this is where all of that free work that you've done in the beginning, not just about getting to know the company, but learning about the decision maker comes into play because everybody is different, right? Everybody is a different decision maker. They respond very differently to approaches. So you have to have some different variety of, you know, influence tactics for lack of a better term in your back pocket. I'm a huge fan of a gentleman named Robert Cialdini. He's kind of oh, yes. the father of influence. Yeah, right. Yeah. Most really good sales training will reference it. I studied Cialdini in college. I wow. absolutely love his information, and his principles of influence are, are really the basis of a lot of my success and what I utilize with my clients. But I'm not obviously not going to go through all of them. But right. a couple of things you might want to have in your back profit uh, a pocket. There are, or there are companies and decision makers that respond really well to what Cialdini calls social proof. Right. Who else are you working with that they might be interested in? So if you're talking to a large Fortune 500 financial institution, you might mention, oh, well, in this program, we actually have a support from maybe a competitive institution or someone that maybe in your research, you saw that institution was working with a large retailer. On something and they happen to be a supporter of yours. So that's all social proof. You know, we want to do what's best. We think we do. We know what's best if we can see what others are doing. <laughs> right. So we want to, you know, so social proof is is definitely a big one. And then another one too to have in your back pocket that I like is just authority. Right. You know, yes, when you're talking to a large corporation, that's a Fortune 1000, it, it may seem a bit intimidating, but these are just people like you and me, and they are looking to organizations like yourself, especially if you're a professional association or a, a fairly larger nonprofit, they're looking to learn from you. So when you're in the pitch process, per se, with your proposal, don't be afraid to show some of your authority and great ways to do that. Has your organization done of it and any of its own research about? the people that you're helping or the animals that you're helping or or your members they love to see that what other conferences are are is your organization involved in that kind of shows your authority in the space why should we work with your nonprofit versus one that's in the same space and and showing authority is is a great way to do that so those are just two of cialdini's principles that you know having that in your back po- pocket and being able to research who you're working with, getting to know them, you'll kind of naturally start to realize what type of influence persuasive technique you want to use.
0: I think those are really important points. And you're right, it's not a one size fits all. I mean, yeah. as you point out, you're dealing with human beings and, yes. each, and while yes, there's a commonality amongst people at a senior level who are making yeah. decisions on this kind of thing, in in this case, corporate sponsorships or, yeah. or donations. At the same time, each person is different. So I, I like the fact that you point to the, a variety, sort of a toolkit yes. of techniques that you can use. And yeah, yes. I, I have I have definitely read a, a lot of Cholani's books and I, I think they're very good. Yeah, I, I think it you know, he's sort of I don't wanna say the the great grandfather of this kind of thing, but he's certainly one of the leaders, the thought leaders
1: in absolutely in
0: persuasion and and so on, space.
1: Yeah, and the principles are very there's nothing that goes over your head. it's it's everything makes sense, right. you know he has another one just called liking. people if they naturally just like you. I had a situation once where I had a client go to a, a really large meeting and we we prepped her, got her ready with with everything she needed. But at the end of the day, the decision maker said, we don't usually work with organizations like yours, but Cheryl, I just really like you. And wow. let's just, I'd really like to work with you. So like it, you just make a connection, right?
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, Tell us a little bit about uh, Growth Owl.
1: Yeah. So Growth Owl is my company that I started in 2018. Wow. And what we do is specifically is help nonprofits, associations, other purpose-driven organizations Connect to Fortune 1000 companies with the result of getting fundraising or sponsorship dollars or resources. And there's a lot of different offerings we have under that, you know, besides actually working with direct representation where we're actually kind of representing the organization, we do a lot with training, a lot with mentoring. We do a lot of strategy work, so I'll have clients say, you know, I don't even know if we should be in this space. You know, can you do a little research to show me why? Absolutely. So kind of like feasibility studies, if you will. But I will say a, a big portion of what we're doing right now is training and mentoring, which I think is great because I always would prefer to teach somebody to fish right? so they can do this on their own. And I think it's going to be an essential skill, especially as our economy continues to evolve into whatever it it, it, it evolves into, right? Even if you're an executive director or a president that has a team of development executives or fundraising executives, I think it's imperative that board members and C-suite know how to do this work because at some point you may have to. So that's why I'm very excited to see what I'm seeing in terms of a lot of interest in show me how.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point. And I think that there are a lot of excellent books on the market. I've read a ton of them. There's a ton yeah. more that I haven't read, but having someone who can train you on how to implement and execute is just, you know, golden.
1: Yeah. There's something about learning by seeing and then learning by doing, and that's, we take you through that entire process. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's really great. Now, how do people find you and how do they find your program?
1: Sure, so you can go to my website, thegrowthowl.com. I have everything on the website from services to programs to information about how you can reach out successfully to decision makers. I actually, if you go to growthowl.com slash podcasts, I have five ways that you can really set yourself apart. in reaching out to decision makers. So you can check that out. And I also always love connecting with people on LinkedIn. If you just search my name, Lori Zoss Kraska, you'll find me right away on LinkedIn and we connect that way.
0: Oh, that's perfect. I'm going to include all of those links in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much, Lori, for joining us here. It's really been a pleasure to have you.
1: I appreciate your time. Thank you.